Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Gentry. Hope everyone's well tonight. Hope you've all had a good day. Everybody's safe at home. Going to join us tonight for a live show here on Podbean again. Nick B's going to be coming on and joining me soon. Um, I originally had named this episode um, The Past is the Past, but it's what I'm going to talk about is kind of on that topic as well. But um, uh, Nick, you ain't got a picture no more, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. I can hear you now. Your picture was gone. You're different there. It's a little different. I can't now, yeah. Uh, your picture was different. I wasn't sure if it was you or somebody then then faked your profile or something there. No, no. I... I don't know. I'm not, just looking at the screen. It's not. I may have hit the wrong thing and. No, it's okay. My uh, emblem. Yeah, it ain't no big deal. Um, how's your day been, man? Long. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, hey there, uh, GJRB. How you doing, man? Um, you're more than welcome to come on and up here and talk with us if you want to. Uh, I originally had called this um, "The Past Is a Past." And, and something come to me today about relapse, man, and uh, the vicious cycle of it and, um, you know, how we get caught in it or we don't change things and, and all these things. And uh, they tell you, you know, you got to change people, places and things. And for some of us, that's every single person, places and things and people as well. Um, codependency is a real big problem. Um, it seems to be a. A lot of addicts get caught up in a codependency relationship or whatever, Nick. I know you're pretty sure you're aware of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times the other person involved doesn't even doesn't even realize how much they're really hurting you. Because um, they're doing, you know, they may be doing a lot of things for you and, and all these different things. But, um, you know, for instance, let's just say that you got someone in your life and you, you'd been sober for, let's say, six months and, you riding down the road and you look over at that person and you say, man, I've been thinking about getting high. And their immediate reaction is, how the fuck can you be done? You know what I'm saying? Um, that's not somebody you want to probably bounce that off of anymore. Uh, just things like that. There's so many different things that we do that, that, I mean, lead us to relapse. We can say causes or whatever. Um, but, of course, the number one thing for most addicts is just not doing the program or stop doing it. Um, and there's people, I know people who have stopped or heard the stories, I don't know them personally, who had stopped and, and white-knuckled it for a year. Um, but they always go back out. Um, me, I never tried anything. You know, you would think that in prisons, man, that you would have, you know, NAA meetings. You don't. Not in Tennessee. I can only speak for Tennessee. Um, they have a drug program, but the only way you can get in that is if you've been pro-mandated, which means you went up for parole and they said, we want to get another year out of you, so we want you to go to the drug program. That means you're pro-mandated in it to get out. Which means you complete it, you go home. Um, and then they had them, and then they had to shut them down because uh, so many people were on protective custody that they didn't have the space for them, basically, on the compounds. But well, they're a joke. Um, you go in there and sign your name. That's about it. You ain't got no instructor in there who gives a shit about being there, much less you. So 
uh, kind of them deals. Um, there is one jail in Tennessee that I can, I will speak highly of when it comes to that. They had a, a NA program and an AA program, and it was the real deal. And you had to participate and you had to take it serious. Uh, you did get two for one on your sentence. Um, and I'm going to give this lady a little plug there. There's a lady by the name of Lynn, and she's the one who brought that there to that jail. I believe she brought it there. I may be wrong on that, but she's definitely over it now. And she has a, a program that, that works with guys like a halfway house called RCI. Uh, I think she has I don't know, 10 houses or something like that maybe. And she gets a lot of guys out of jail and gives them a chance. You know what I mean? Uh, right. How's yours yeah. doing? Oh man, that's uh, that's that's a problem. Um, okay. Now, yeah, we'll that's uh, later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that later. I just wasn't <laughs> sure if you're still going on. No, uh, no, it's zero ties, man, zero ties, and that's uh, kind of what's you know, um, this whole topic tonight in a way, not really, but in a way because, um, I got caught. I was a I was a chronic relapser, man. I, I was, and somebody else told me that the other night. I don't. I want to say who it was, but I believe somebody may be on with this. I can't remember, but anyway, and it is this vicious cycle because and the reason we do that is because we don't change everything. Um, there's something holding you back. You get me? And it's like with anything else in life, there's something that's holding you back from that success. And um, whatever that is, it's, it's probably going to be hard. And but you have to get you have to get rid of it, especially if it's relationships are hard they tell you don't don't get in them for a year for a reason in sobriety and a lot of times you know if you're married or or just been with someone for a long time or whatever you don't want to let that person go but you have to because there's a lot of hurt there and some people are better at about getting over shit and some people are not and if they're not and if let's say you're you went to treatment and you're in treatment and that person is just constantly on, well, you did this and you did that and you did this and you, you got to rid yourself of it. You may be sitting there going, man, that's the hardest thing I got to do. Yeah, it is. Sobriety's hard, man. Uh, but it's your life. So it's either keep doing what you're doing and take a chance of dying every time or get all of it out of your life. Because uh, if you don't, I'm just telling you, you know, I know what's going to happen. And, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. The hell I don't. Uh, I can tell you everything about it. I was a good drug addict. And, um, I was a piece of shit while doing it. And so, you know, I didn't want to let that go because I thought that's all I was. But what you'll find in sobriety is, man, you're a lot more. You can do anything you want to do. Uh, God looks out for us, man. I, I don't I don't have all the answers. But, you know, if you read the Bible, Jesus hung out with people like us. So there's something to all that. He knows, man, we have to fight hard. Uh, it is a disease. You know, there's people that, for whatever reason, don't want to believe that. But, you know, if my mother was an alcoholic and drug addict and my father I don't know why I just called him that. If that dude was a uh, alcoholic and drug addict, chances are, man, I, I'm going to be too. There ain't no chances to it. I've got that gene. And uh, why people want to say it's this, that, and the other, and it's a habit, it's this, that, and the other. But I think more people now are coming to realize, you know, there's a little bit more to it because it's so freaking hard because, you know, relapse, man. Look at me. 12 years in prison, man. 12 hard years in prison, and I get out. And go right back to doing the same exact shit I was doing to put me in there. Either I'm mentally insane or I've got a problem. And uh, I'm not insane. I think I'm doing all right there. Sometimes I question myself. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, uh, I think I'm pretty sane. So I've got a problem. If we don't fix that problem, we're going to relapse. Just like anything else. What's going to happen to your car if you don't put no oil in it? It's gonna stop. It ain't going to run very long. It's going to stop, man. 
and why everybody can't see that nick i don't i don't understand um they don't want pretty, to no they don't want to that that's it and um i didn't want to either i, I never wanted it until the, to the last time and i knew i wanted it in different ways it showed me different little things about me showed me that i wanted it the number one thing was i just wasn't sitting in the back of the room no more sitting there with a the hoodie on and looking down at the ground and not wanting to speak and refusing to speak because, you know, I had that old tough guy shit going on. So I just look at somebody and, you know, whatever. And I finally opened my mouth. And that's what it's all about. You got to get that shit out of you, man. Uh, whatever it is, it's got you hung up. You got to get it out of you. Because uh, if you don't, you're going to relapse. And each time you relapse, especially with this, this drug that, you know, I was doing, you know, man, it, you're taking that chance. You're going to die. So. Is your life worth it? Either it is or it ain't. And, um, you know, who gives a shit if the girlfriend left? Who gives a shit if you ain't got no money no more? You'll get it. You'll get another girlfriend. Well, You'll get all that shit. Huh? I think everybody knows their life's valuable. It's just con convincing, like you always say, the heart. The heart, man. It is. Uh, you know, you do so much, man. You do so much. And then unfortunately now you know these kids now uh the mother or father is addicted and or in jail or prison and that's all they see and you know they can get in that whole vicious cycle from a very early age man and uh, they think that's what life is uh, a kid i know uh, i walked in a bedroom and he was 14 years old and his mom and his brother had him sitting there smoking crack and i was just like you know and then you want to wonder why he turned out the way he did uh, i mean come on yeah you know, why did he why did he turn out that way but uh, he had the gene you know uh, everyone everyone but the sister that they had is a drug addict she uh, was a different was, was from a different dad and they say like it'll skip a gene or whatever but me and my brother we have different dads um i got it it had to be hard it was it was hard but neither one of them was in our lives either one of them neither one of them and um it was hard you know my mom was, was an alcoholic and so you know and he was six years older than me and so i was already born into a single mother alcoholic who you know i don't talk about i, I mentioned my childhood son and i'm gonna do that eventually just really talk about how hard it was and i'm gonna be honest why i don't i feel like the reason that i don't is that i feel like my brother man would look at me and and, and wished i didn't but you know hey man the truth is the truth and uh, i went to bed hungry i ate i ate ketchup sandwiches uh, mustard sandwiches whatever i could find and had dirty clothes i remember i was probably i don't remember what grade i was in it was before i had my accident and uh, we lived in a trailer in a trailer park in franklin and uh skunks were real bad and when it got underneath the trailer and sprayed underneath there well it's all in my clothes shit and i don't know i mean i can just smell them i go to school and i had to go get sent home because i smelled like a skunk that's the most embarrassing shit ever even being that little man that young and why'd you send me to school like that you know what i mean but anyway um, they probably didn't even notice the smell i probably didn't you know but, I mean, if they're used to that smell and yeah yeah you know i don't want to say that my mother didn't love me or anything they used to try to make oh, me say that but they used to, well they would man in them treatment centers and stuff they'd always want you to fault somebody else i used to always think damn i thought the whole idea was me accepting responsibility <laughs> but some of them actually pay for man the 
you know, the people that's the counselors and stuff, they used to, they ain't got no schooling enough. They just went up and decided they want to be a counselor and they let them have it because they need to fill the position. So people just didn't know or whatever. And, um, but yeah, there were some tough times, man. There was a lot of tough times. Um, I remember, you know, man, Jamie, if you listen to this, you're just going to, have to forgive me for it because I didn't got on it now. But um, I remember being locked out of my house. So I was being locked out because my mom was drunk somewhere in a bar and would be gone for days. Uh, not just the night, be gone for days. And there we was out in the cold and shit and finally figured out we could break in the back window or a window like it had like the little square panes in the back door. And we figured out, or he did, he figured out we could take it out and go in and stuff. And I remember being at home by myself, man. I'm, I mean, I'm like eight or something. Now he was probably supposed to stay there with me, but I mean, he would have been 13 or 14 years old or whatever, but I remember being there for days and my grandparents didn't know that I was there by myself like that, or they would have come and got me and stuff like that. But and I never want to tell him because I didn't want my mom. I didn't want him to get mad at my mom and all this different stuff. But my childhood was pretty messed up, man. I know people go through a lot worse, but, you know, I wasn't beat on or anything like that. And I only remember ever getting whooped two times. And, um, yeah, that's it. I, I should have got it. I should have got it whooped a lot. Uh, but I didn't. I was attention starved is what I was. And, um, People say it caused abandonment issues or whatever, but, you know, things were hard. But like I said, my mother was an alcoholic. I understand it now. Um, but, you know, she got her stuff together and things got better. Um, but she was a relapser, too. She she um, stopped drinking and then um, real bad drugs come in the picture, man. And uh, how you doing, OJ? Nice to see you. Um and that I, I just don't really want to go into real hard because I don't think my brother really knows the, the truth about all that. And uh, if he's going to find out, I'd rather tell him, you know, I mean, myself. And because we just never talked about it. He wasn't there. He was gone. And how you doing? I hope you're all right tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, I've seen shit that I shouldn't see and I shouldn't have never saw and all that good stuff. And, um, but I still knew it was wrong and I still wanted to do it and I did it. And, um, had I not seen that, would I have done it? I don't know. Probably so somewhere down the line, but maybe not at 17 years old. Um, but anyway, she got sober and then, um, she, uh, she, um, excuse me. Is that your fire alarm? Uh, yeah, hold on just a second, Nick. All right, there we go. Okay, so um, um, it's a, that's the most sensitive fire alarm I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to take it out eventually. But anyway, so she she would relapse, um, but it wouldn't be as bad. You know what I mean? She wouldn't. What happened was she worked at a place called Doug Nash, and they made uh, Corvette transmissions. It was in Franklin, and then they sold out and moved the company to Mexico. But when they did it, my uncle worked there too. They, I don't know if they bought them out or what it is, but my mother, they did something where she went. She didn't have a high school education, so she went and got a, a GED. And uh, she would work during the day and go to school at night, or vice versa, one of the two. I'm pretty sure that's how it was. But she got a degree in um, data processing and something else. And so things got better, you know what I mean? Uh, we still wouldn't, you know rich or even middle class but things were better um but she wasn't never there so you know i was already running wild and all that and then 
she did good for a long time, but she was taking pills and stuff, but I didn't really know it. You know what I mean? Uh, so she always had a pill habit. And then, you know, again, Jamie, if you hear this, she told me she'd done heroin in the seventies and I believe she'd done it while she's pregnant with me. That's what I truly believe. Um, and I've always thought that. And, uh, I may be wrong, but you know, I was born in, in the seventies and so who knows, man? Cause I know, I know that her and her best friend was on it to the point that they would be sick from not having it. So, cause she was talking about the smell of it. Like when it would, when, um, the, like when you would cook it down and melt it down or whatever with a flame or whatever. And so I always thought, man, I just wonder if you were doing that shit where you was pregnant with me. I know you smoke cigarettes with me. Uh, so, but anyway, and probably drink too, but uh, you know it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I always, I've just always had that feeling, and uh, you know, that's things that me and my mother talked about a lot of things that her and my brother didn't. Uh, there was a different relationship there. You know what I mean? Uh, we became getting high buddies. Uh, very young, friends, I mean. Huh? Yeah, man. I, I started. We started sharing pills at the age of fifteen. I mean, so I would get them and. I'd give her half and she would get some and I'd get half. So, you know, uh, I had some resentments there, but I don't now, but I did. Uh, but I didn't even know I had them. Um, so anyway, and then she got on methadone stuff too. Uh, and she quit it and then she went right back to drinking and drinking a lot. And, uh, but I was, you know, I was in jail and all that by this time, but, um, she was, well, she was sober when she died, but she took pain pills, but she took them as she was prescribed them. Um, but you know, she did. So, um, you know, all this always seems to rotate around something prescribed, don't it? Every time. So many people. Every time. And, um, it's a, a euphoric, man. It's a euphoric, euphoric feeling that comes over you. Um, I remember it. I can tell you, I can remember the very first pain pill I took and I can remember being 11 years old. And when I had my accident, after I come out of ICU or CCU or whatever, uh, they would give me pain shots in my leg. And, uh, my mother said that, um, on the minute it hit the third hour, I would wake up and hit that button for the nurse saying I need my pain medicine. So I was already addicted then. Um, I can remember. I remember that. I remember the feeling of it, but I really remember the feeling of um, the first pain pill. Um, I wouldn't take them, and I was 15, and I was having sex with a woman in her 30s. Um, that was a lot of that went on with me when I was young for whatever reason. Um, and so she was like, oh, you should take that. Uh, it'd make you feel better. But in reality, she wanted me to give her one. You know what I mean? So she thought that if I took it, then I would give her one, and of course I did. And But I remember when I took it, and Man, I just thought, man, I didn't find my way now. Literally, did I know what living hell I was fixing to go through. And there, that's why, you know, I get it. I see people every day, and I get it. I understand, you know. I'm going to help. I'm not going to walk by someone that's just struggling like that. Because I know what it. I just know what it's like, man. And it's hard. It's a hard thing. Hey, Tick, how you doing? Um, you know, it's tough. For, it's tough. You know, life is life is tough enough. And you, ask, you add that in there, and it's like an escape. But it's an escape that's making your life even even better. How you doing tonight? You doing good? Hadn't seen you in a while. Um, and so, yeah, Nick, it's just a it's all a bad thing. And um, was Nick, you, you talk about your drinking. Was your parents drinkers or anything like that? 
No. Okay, so you wasn't you were you wasn't around it when you were young or anything? No. See, when I turned eighteen in Colorado, you could drink. So, you know, you're just getting done with high school, and that was always our excuse to, you know, that's a, that was everybody's excuse, just not fun. Right. You know, so just... now you got to be twenty-one in Colorado. I think most of the U.S. You know, to drink now, but. Um, yeah, I think it's everywhere. Even it was, uh, even um, tobacco is twenty one now. Here, I guess it's everywhere. I think it is. But my big uh, problem was when you know you're eighteen, you're just getting out of high school. Uh, the women were more important, so you had to go out and you know try to impress the women, and uh, <laughs> you know you really didn't do nothing until you or you didn't really straighten up until you started drinking, you know. Right. Uh, or sorry, you didn't straighten up until you actually met someone or, you know, got married. Then you, you know, tried your best. High tech. Yeah, must see, they start at 16 down there. Wow. I remember, uh, yeah, drinking. She's talking about drinking. Yes, ma'am. That's what he was talking about. I had a friend. He was a year younger than me. And so when I was 15, he was 14. I was on pills, and he was a stone-cold alcoholic at 14 years old. Um, he would drink vodka, man. And, I mean, he would drink it. He would just get so, so sloppy drunk. It was just like an embarrassment to be around him, you know, even at that age. And I remember um, we was in school one morning. He came, and he sat down beside me. I could smell beer all over him. I was like, damn, man, are you drinking this morning? He's like, Yeah. I was like, wow. And uh, his dad uh, was a real bad alcoholic. And his mother and stepfather drank all the time and partied. And uh, the stepfather uh, sold pot. So we found a suitcase full of pot one time. And I was used to that. I, I'd seen it, but he hadn't. And I was like, that's a lot of weed, you know, just for dude to be smoking. He's doing more than smoking. And, uh, but he was you a prick, man. found a suitcase? We found one, yeah, in the closet, you know, snooping through his parents' shit or whatever. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, you know, it wasn't supposed to, wasn't supposed to be doing that. <laughs> but he, he knew that he smoked weed, and so we were trying to find some weed. And, uh, you found um, some. <laughs> we found some. And do you know, he knew that we took some out of there, too. But he was a prick, man. Uh, that dude was a prick. He, um, we was at the mall in Franklin one night, and uh, I had my driver's license this time, and course we was messing with the girls like he's talking about and he got so sloppy drunk that they didn't want to have nothing to do with us because he was so drunk and so we go home and i'd been drinking too but i wasn't drunk and we go home and um his mom called wanting to talk to him well he was so drunk he you know she could tell it immediately and so they come to get him and they took him home when they took him home that dude i'm talking about his stepdad beat this boy man and beat him bad well he was passed out drunk pretty much i mean he, he couldn't there's no way to defend himself much less it was a grown-ass man and um, but he ended up getting him back for that shit and he took a, what's called a slapjack and ended up and beat the guy up or whatever. But that guy, that kid I'm talking about, of course I went to prison and all that and I come out and I see him and he's done had like five DUIs, had a wreck, broke his back. Um, a character building. It does. You're right. It does. It, it plays. Hey, black dragon. How you doing? It plays a huge role in it. You're, you're correct. It, I mean, you know, for me, uh, 
everybody smoked pot, everybody drank, and that's what I saw. And we would be we would be little, and you know people would be driving around, and we'd be in a van or a car, and they'd be smoking weed and drinking drunk as hell. And we was little riding around, and we just thought it was normal. Um, and so I remember I was probably eight years old, maybe nine, and I found a monkey see monkey do. You're correct. I found a it was a cigarette pack, but it had joints rolled up in it. And I already automatically knew what to do. And I, I stole it. I, or I didn't steal it. I found it and kept it. Well, they come looking for it. I, mm, I'm not getting it back. <laughs> Even being that young. And here I go trying to smoke it already that young. And um, Yeah, I mean, I, always, I used to always say, man, I wonder why I did the things I did. Because that's what I saw. Um, I was always around older people. And I saw people drunk and fighting. But one thing I saw was men beating women and that's something man that i hate I, I just can't stand that more than anything in the world a man beating a woman i just man i just think that's the most sickening thing you can do and i always say you don't beat a woman come beat on me you know beat on me then or whatever and and i saw my mother man i saw my mother god i saw my mother get but i was too little or there wasn't nothing i could do about it at that time but i'm talking about beat beat guy here with a truck hit her with a brick and he was a big guy. He was a contractor, built houses. And I always swore, though, know, as I got older, one day I tried to find him. And I had a, whatever you want to call it for him, but I never could find him. And um, it's okay, Tick. It's, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it now. But I'm, hey, Bella, how you doing? I'm just trying to explain, you know, how my life was. And I want parents to understand, man. Your kids are seeing all this. And I'm 48 now, and I remember every minute of it. There ain't nothing about that shit that I don't remember. And, um, yeah, I can't stand it like that either, man. And I've got in the middle of women, a, a man beating on a woman. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, half of the time the woman gets mad at me. I've never understood that. Um, but you know, when, when that happens, you just walk away. But I saw her, um, get hit in the head with a, um, like a mug, like you drink beer with. I saw her dude hold a knife to her head or to her throat. I mean, just all kind of shit. And I was real little, and then um, she met this guy, and it was after that guy, and this was after she had got sober and stuff, And but I hated this dude, and he hated me, and he was just mean to me, man, not in like a physical way, but when I was about 13 years old, he uh, came in there talking about he's going to beat me up or whatever, and this is, why, this is the exact words I told him. I said, you're a lot bigger than me. I said, I really think I could beat you up now. I said, but if you put your fucking hands on me, I'm going sh- to kill you in your sleep. And he packed his shit and left never come back. But Because uh, that just took me back to people beating on my mom is what it did. And I kind of freaked out or whatever. And um, That's just, just wrong. And these, I just don't get it. I don't understand why women stay. And I don't really want to get on that. But, um, you know, it was bad, man. Uh, it was real bad. But she stayed for, I mean, she would stay. And he was married and. Would only come every so often, whenever. But yeah, dog. Every time he'd come, he'd beat her up. What do you think makes people do that? I mean, I know you yeah. get mad, but you think man, I'm gonna be honest about it. The drugs and alcohol, and I, I think it's that, and I think it's a lot of times it's a man who can't beat up another man, and he feels some type of way about. It. That's how I feel about it. I think you're a pussy ass coward if you do. That's what I think. Well, um, yeah, but you even see these stars and athletes, and you know, yeah have all yeah. the money in the world and they still do it i don't know man i don't know uh, makes no sense to me and these women go for it you know and i don't know some i guess do, that but... yeah not all but but some you know and um uh, 
I've never done that, man. I've never put my hand on a woman. And I had an anger problem uh, for a long time, but I've never done that. I've never even, you know, nothing. Uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. I never would do that. Uh, and so I guess that's something good I did <laughs> get out of all that shit from my childhood. You know what I mean? Well, it yeah. is very scary for a kid, man. I, I mean, I can, I can remember being that little kid. I remember my aunt. Um, she got killed not long after this, but she came down with a pistol and told him, have you ever put your F hands on my sister again? I'll kill you. And she had a pistol and stuff. And um, I don't really remember Judy real well, but apparently she was a firecracker and she probably would have. But now my mom, no woman deserves that, but my mom wasn't innocent. She would want to fight too. I remember her telling me one time, she called that dude my dad when I was with her. And she said, when your dad comes over here, I'm going to hit him in the head with this frying pan. And she tried to do that. She was drunk and, but still, you know what I mean? Whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, so it, it's crazy. And then something about vodka. And when I was hey, Black on the run, huh? Oh, I was saying hi, Black Dragon. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay. When I was on the run in Texas, when I first got all these charges, my son's mother was pregnant with him. And this was not long before she had him. Uh, my mom and him didn't have a phone out there where they lived at, so I couldn't call them. But I just had a gut feeling, you know what I'm saying, that something wasn't right. So I go out there, and uh, as I walk up the, on the back porch, I live in a trailer, I walk up on the back porch, and as soon as I see inside, I see glass and stuff all over the kitchen floor. And I'm like, what in the hell? And the dude she was with was sitting there with another dude, and I said, where's my mom at? And uh He's just in a real smart ass way. He said she's in there or whatever. So he's already he's already pissed me off. And so I go in there and she's got blood all on her arm and shit. And I said, What happened to you? And she said, They jumped on me and that's all it took. And here I go in there and um it turned real bad, man. And uh, I leave and go home and one dude was hurt pretty bad and I go home and uh the next day I go to work and I had a cracked rib and I still went to work and then uh, when I come home, Cassandra said we got to go out your mom's and i was like whatever and so we go out there and uh come to find out man uh she was drunk and she threw that glass at them and didn't nobody touch her uh, and so that's that alcohol shit so all that shit happened one dude had to get 37 stitches in his head and and stuff and so but again all that went back to my childhood you know what i mean i, I immediately I, I thought these two dudes had jumped on my mom hmm. You know, alcohol, man, that, that drunk is just, I don't like alcohol, man. I don't like drugs, but I don't like alcohol for sure. I don't like what it does and makes people do and, and all that. So, yeah, it's been a, it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride, man, that's for sure. Yeah, so that used to be my thing, the, the alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, someone in my life in the past, she liked to drink and uh, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was disgusting. I just thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. But of course, well, you're doing dope. Don't make me act like that. And, uh, you know, always the same. Every night, man, every freaking night would be, she'd be drunk and she'd want to fight and argue. And I hate that shit. I just hate all that old arguing. It's just, it's just pointless, man. So you think the uh, alcohol is more violent over the, uh, some of the other drugs like that? Mm, well, I think while the person, I think while the person is on alcohol, but now people do some very violent shit to get drugs. I didn't, I never was a violent person to get drugs, but there's people who are, you know, and do some, especially nowadays, 
Um, so I guess it's, you know, kind of up in the air on that. Um, Maybe the individual. There you go. It is. And it's like, you know, I used to say, man, I hate people driving drunk. But, Nick, I've drove, man, where I, I couldn't even keep one eye open but on dope. You know what I mean? Uh, I had a couple of wrecks. Uh, two of them were pretty bad by myself, but could have been really bad. And uh, driving and getting drunk is a yes. Uh, it is. It is, man. It's the same thing for people on dope. Uh, I know a guy who personally, he left and nodded out on heroin and hit a really good man head on and killed that man. And he ended up dying, dying from it as well. And, uh, uh, hey, Bobby, how you doing? Um, and so it's all bad. You know, all of it's bad, man. Um, I agree. I, I do agree with you, uh, GJRB, for sure. Uh, it's all bad. You know, now people mixing Xanaxes and everything, and that's just like being drunk, and you add heroin to it or methadone or pills, and there you go, man. Or drinking and smoking weed, you know, intensifies it. So, but so for do whatever, you think a casual user is an addicted person or Mm -mm. no if you can i know that we'll have one or two maybe even three drinks a night you know starting with their dinner and stuff no i don't think they're addicted um you know someone that does that is just your you know casual drinker you know relax or whatever and i don't have no problem with that you know i don't think you need to be driving but if you can the same thing with pot. You know, I'm not an advocate for it. I'm not an advocate against it. I don't smoke it. I can't smoke it. And I don't drink. But if you can have a drink, more power to you. If you have a glass of wine with your dinner, hey, more power to you. I can't because if I drink that glass of wine, I'm going to want the bottle and then 10 more bottles. And tomorrow I'm going to uh, want, you know. Uh, well, what about a casual uh, drug user? Are there I such things as that? I don't know one. I don't know any. So either you use it and you use it all the time or you just don't use yes, it? Yes, especially opiates. If you become an opiate addict um, because your body is physically addicted. And so if you wake up tomorrow and you had the worst flu times 100 that you ever had, you would go and get that drug. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's the difference. But in like meth and cocaine, that's a mental thing. Um, but it's a strong mental thing. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's some very serious uh, cocaine and um it's the same thing you know it, the relapse and stuff that's the same thing it's a because once you get sober it's all a mental game now you know what i'm saying uh, once you get the physical part out of the way it's all a mental game and um you either do what you need to do or you're strong enough to um um uh, i forgot where i was going i was trying to read that message casual drinking or doping it is a lot of times that is where it starts and there's i mean we hear these stories all the time of, of people who let's say i'm gonna use a woman because she's the first one to come to my head she was a casual wine drinker she would have a glass of wine she was come from wealthy she was miss ut at the university of knoxville and all these things a very very beautiful woman uh was, was wealthy and all that and they would have a glass or two of wine at night and that was it but then she got a double pneumonia i believe and um and was coughing so bad that she cracked some of her ribs and they gave her a, a coughing syrup with codeine in it and there she went and next thing you know she's addicted because of the 
the physical addiction, but she had an addiction gene somewhere in her body as well. Just alcohol never did really do the thing. But as soon as she got that codeine in her body and got that euphoric feeling, there it is. It's over. Um, you're off and running. There's thousands and thousands of stories like that. But the, the opiate thing um, really, really took off in this country with the oxy oxy uh cotton or whatever um i was already in prison during that but um if you go and look at it, i think it's 2014 1.4 million people i believe i'm right about the number uh admitted to using oxycontin or whatever the first time and then were addicted um i think it's also an individual situation yeah it is um you know, some people don't. I mean, some people go and get prescribed pain medicine, and it doesn't lead to an addiction. Uh, but the majority uh, of people do. Uh, uh, but, you know, that's, you know, again, it's each little individual thing. Can you can y'all hold on just a second, please? Hey, can y'all please not stand here by my door screaming and yelling? I'm right here. All right, I'm back. Um, I just know for me, I couldn't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. That's oh, all right. Um, you know, but there are a lot of people, man, who, you know, uh, I don't know anybody, Nick. I don't think that is just a casual um, pill taker, I'll say. Um, they may start out that way, you know, and that's kind of how it starts. You know, you'll get it. You'll take it in energy. Oh, I got me some energy now. I can work twice as hard. Um, I can, you know what I'm saying? And that's how it starts. Uh, that's what it is with the opiate thing. Or if you, you know, here's the thing about pain pills. They really don't stop your pain. Um, they just get you high um, and you kind of forget about it because a lot of people take the pain pills and take Tylenol or ibuprofen with it. And that's what is kind of the crazy about it. And it's like, um, I knew a, a lady from, where was she from? It was another country. I want to say Brazil or somewhere like that. And, uh, uh, she said they sold like, um, codeine or whatever on the, on the store shelves, but like people didn't take it. They weren't addicted to it. And I was like, wow, I think I'm wrong. I don't think it was Brazil. It was somewhere like that. And if you sold, if they sold it here uh, in America, you know, at one time, 97% of all opioid-induced drugs was made for the United States of America. So think about that. Um, and now, you know, we had that guy on here from, was it Ghana, Ghana, and then India the other night, and um, they said heroin and stuff's just as bad there. I'm sorry, I was just replying to OJ there. Oh, you're fine. Um, I agree with him. I mean, you know, I think most individuals can, I guess, choose. You know, every, everybody, as far as, you know, having a couple of drinks a night or a couple a week. Yeah. A lot of times it does, it, uh, what's it called? It does get worse. Yeah. Because then it's like, 
now you're going to do it Saturday during the basketball game, and then you're going to do it Sunday, you know, with another set of friends with the football game. And now you got a group of people that want you to go out on Wednesday night for the hump day. So, I mean, it, it can get out of control very easily. And and that's what we saw, or I saw, like, um, um, okay, that's OJ that was from India. That's right. I remember now. He's on here. Uh, yeah, we were talking. We were texting each other about it's It's just everywhere now. I mean, you know, and I say this a lot, you know, you would think a drug addict would look at someone and I'll call them junkies because I was a junkie. That's what, that's what you are. I mean, that's, when we're strung out like that, that's, that's the word. And uh, in my opinion, it's a good word because I was a junkie. I was a junkie of junkies and we see that. And then we still decide that, Hey, it's a good idea to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, why? You know, I don't know. It has to be that, that I don't know the addict in you, you know what I mean, or or that little voice that says, "Oh man, I can do that. I won't be like that." And then there you are, six months down the road, you're just as bad. And um, you know, I don't care how much money you got or how much whatever, you're going to be that way too. It's going to happen. Um, Sometimes more money, the the more you do it. That's exactly what happens. The more money you have, the more drugs you have because your tolerance will build, and it'll start out. You hear people say this. Well, I was on the Oxycontin and then figured out that I could get more heroin um, than I could for the amount of money. Yep, it starts that way, but it doesn't stay that way because now it becomes you start spending twice as much and um, you start shooting the heroin more times than not. And that's a whole nother demon. Um, you know, it just it's just bad. And it's nasty. I'm going to let Black Dragon come in. The phone lines are open, too, if anybody wants to call in. Um What's going on, man? I'm doing pretty good, and I, I agree with a lot of what y'all were saying, and, you know, and in any case, anything can be a bad thing, of course. And, of course, like I said before, everyone knows me and know what I, what I regret ever doing, but, you know, that's the thing that I'm trying to just to stay buried in my past. I've never done drugs, never drink. That's good, but I've done one thing that still is bad and we've all done something that's not good it don't have to be drugs or drinking now ggrb if you can hear me you know what i've done that i'm ashamed of and it's fooling with the occult with the ouija board and like i've said many times before anything you get involved with is not always the best thing for you no no it's not uh there's other addictions you know people get addicted to gambling man gambling is a bad one yeah, uh it is uh, I was a gambler. I wasn't really addicted to it like that, but I, I did gamble. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd get high and go gamble. Yeah, you know, some people can do it. In, I mean, you know, you're not selling your house and no. uh, all that good stuff. Uh, GGRB, I sent the thing. I accepted it. I don't know if you what if you didn't mean to do that. Right, oh, there we go. yeah. Well, I hit the button. See, my finger doesn't always work. <laughs> I, have to, I, I, I have a rubber end of my pen that you know you use for uh, the phone, and I don't use it. And what happens when I don't use it is I hit the wrong thing, and I don't get through oh, it, what, I, what the phone what the phone to do. Yeah, people can get addicted to anything. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, 
their cell phones even for that matter yep. everyone's addicted to that yeah <laughs> see i enjoy gambling i know what i can i know what my limit is daily and i know what my limit is monthly and everything i go up to um franklin kentucky and play the little slots every now and then uh, well, but, I, um, I play every day yeah um if i'm up in the area or something like that i'll stop in there and play but i won't you know, i don't go overboard but i win you know i do win and i used to be a poker player um huh. uh i'm not i don't play poker anymore i don't, I don't know anybody really plays but i stop in there every now and then but i just oh, I do. quite don't understand the game so i don't play oh i understand it well man i i I run the poker table in prison for many, 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 many years, and uh, that was my thing. But um, it's kind of like in the back of my mind, I just, I just don't try to push the envelope on things anymore. Uh, you know, I, I'm scared. You, you know, I'm scared to of anything taking on my life again because my life's good today, and I want to keep it that way, and it gets better every day. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's what I'm saying, GGRB. This youth, they need to stay away from the occult. I wish I only had listened to that voice in my head. And I, I know what I did it for, Dane. You want to know the real truth why I messed with that thing? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, folks. I was mad at the whole world and everybody in it. I didn't like a thing about it. And I was taking my anger and vengeance out on folks. I, 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 something I shouldn't have been doing. But GGRB, can you blame me for being mad when I, when I, when I do get I, mad? No. No, no. No, of course not. You know, when you go in Walmart or any other game store, and there it is for you to see right there on the shelf, um, kids and everybody. I mean, it don't come, yeah. you know, and people think it's a game. and It's it's not a game. You know, no. there is good and evil forces in this world. And, yes, there uh, is. If you think it's not, uh, you need to do a little bit of reading. That's all you got to do. Uh, yeah. You know, we, nowadays we see these people talk about it, and they're not just talking about it for no reason. They don't look scared like no. that for no reason. Uh, no. No, they don't. And you yeah, know what, GGRB, I've seen, I don't know how many videos I can tell you I will see daily about people that regret doing the very thing that I regret I did. Yeah. A lot of them, man. Yeah. A lot of them. You'd be surprised. It's a who's who list. Yeah, I've seen same uh, with uh, pornography. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another bad thing. That's for sure. Yeah, it definitely uh, is. It all comes from America too. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, uh, you know. And think about it is the bad thing about it is on here. I don't know who's sending it, but no. it was right here on that podcast nation. Yeah, I, I saw know, it. Uh, I don't know what's his name is monitoring that closely. Um, Eric. I hope so. But uh, the, the one other day I got a, a, something on there and I clicked on to it and it is a porn site. Oh, no. Did yeah. you not see what I said to him on there? I said, I don't F prostitutes, stay the F off of here, is what I said. No. Uh, but no. anyway, yeah. You know, you can't go any. You can't go on any site anywhere without, you know, a hundred prostitutes. My, uh, I'm getting it over on my um, Instagram, too. You and see, all that is is that, sex traffickers, man. That's all that is. That's sex traffickers is what that is. See, that's why I don't want to be a part of the Pod B Nation. I'm sorry. No offense to Eric or any of the work that he's trying to do, but 
That's why I'm afraid if I was to do that GGRB, how do I know I won't get something awful coming my way? And I don't need, I can't afford that. I have a squeaky, squeaky clean image anyway as a radio person. Oh, yeah. Well, so do I. And the thing about it is, I, I know how to just ignore it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 I just don't. I click on it. Oh boy, I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And I leave it alone, yeah. and I just ignore the postings. Yeah. That's all there is. And and on Instagram, I just go over there and just delete them. Yeah. But yeah. You know, you know, he, Dane, and me, we're both right. I mean, the things of this world that can really mess you up. It's it's definitely not not worth it, and it's not a joke. Like he's saying, it's not a joke. No, it's not a joke. Right. Um, you know, it's, there's been, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I know there's probably somebody listening to the, whatever about the Bible, but there's two seed lines, man. It all started in the very beginning. And it's yep. good and evil, and that's what we have. Uh, and yeah. the evil is, is a spirit thing, and it's out there in the spirit world, and you better be ready for it because you can be tricked and be pulled right into it very, very easy. And that's very, very real. Um, Absolutely. Not only that. But you know how clever these demons are, GGRB? They can make you think that they're your family members when they're not. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, they, they, like they, they disguise. Yeah, and I, I say that all the time on my way out there show. You know, I, I tell paranormal stories. Yeah. Because it's part of my show. Yeah. But, the, you know, because I always wanted to have a show like George Nori. Of course. Uh, you know, that kind of show. And that's what Way Out There is about. But I always have a disclaimer in my program that says, don't be messing with this. You're entertaining demons. As a Christian, I just don't, you know, I don't believe in it. You know? No, and that, and that goes the same double for me with my world of the paranormal. You know, I mean, though I will not, and I will tell people all the time, no alien talk, no politics, no government stuff. I don't want to hear all this the hoopla of who did that to over there to wherever in the world it was at because frank quite frankly that's none of my that's none of my business and why well, would i, don't I know. care about people's business i still like to make fun of politicians I <laughs> well i don't like making fun of them ggrb i don't like making fun of nobody but the thing about it is um, the way America's going, Dane, it's not hidden down a good path. Just, you know, Biden's a psycho. He's a nut job. You know, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, well, is it going to be funny if America goes bye-bye? Would that be funny? Well, yeah. no, but the thing about it is, look, at look. the thing that really is getting making my blood boil right now is these uh, illegals coming over the border, okay? Yeah. And the thing that's really making my blood boil is, is he's letting him come through. I don't like and it either. I agree with Donald Trump when he said that there's no border country, no borders, is no country at all. There isn't. There is not. And without them borders, and, and besides that, they're not supposed to be over here anyway. Yeah. Uh, we got about we got about nine minutes left on here. I'm going to cut this one at an hour. Uh, well, I think that's something I have to do at the top of the hour. Um, well, I guess it's you know, to do tonight anyway. Yeah, here, here, the thing is, is that we're tricked so much, man. We're lied to so much. Um, and that's with everything. And that goes back to the whole big pharma, pharmaceutical thing. I don't know if y'all know the story or not uh, about the whole Oxycontin thing. 
But if you don't, yeah. you know, on YouTube, YouTube, watch it called Painkillers. And if it don't piss you off, uh, you don't have a heart, I don't think, because that was some real bull crap. Um, so many millions of people became addicts and they knew what yeah. they were doing and they did it on purpose to save their family because their family was broke. The old man died, didn't have any money. And the son came up with a big, great idea. He had the greatest thing ever in the painkiller stuff. And that's what happened. And so they made all these billions of dollars. And so our country is so good. They, they find them made them pay, I think a hundred million. It still ain't even final now, but there's people getting paid a hundred million. I mean, they made billions. Uh, why not take it all? You know, it was illegal. They, the FDA rushed it through. I could go on and on. Yeah. Um, and it pisses me off. Uh, mine started yeah. before that, but it's the same damn thing. They knew that the minute they made a pain pill, what it was for, like I said, pain medicine does not stop pain. In case you don't know that, it just makes you high. It makes you euphoric. It makes you almost forget about it. Uh, most people who take it, they still take Tylenol or ibuprofen. And this is why I do this show today. Uh, you can tell them now I'm getting a little bit passionate about it because it does piss me off, man. And it still goes on because why does yeah. it go on? Because all these crooked-ass people are still making money off of it and they're going to. Uh, who is the lobbyist, man? Rush Limbaugh was addicted? Yeah. yeah, I felt bad because who pays who pays it, these politicians it, it, all this money? Who are the lobbyists? Yeah. Look into that. It's all these pharmaceutical companies, man, and they're giving them all these millions and millions of dollars because they're letting them do it. And same thing, I have my opinion on on why the border's open because they're making money off all the fucking dope coming across it. And so, um, and to get votes, Democrats want all these votes. This is why this is why I can't do politics, GGRB, because you can see even right now I can feel the bipolar starting up. Come <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we can oh, stop it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna have yeah. a. I, I'm you thinking know. about another podcast that uh, I used to do one, and now that I'm on Podbean, I like to do mm -hmm. some kind of a political news type oriented program. Yeah, you uh, probably get a lot of people on it um, with it with, with a Christian perspective. It's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be hard. That, it's gonna be hard because. Um, People, you know, especially right now, that's, <laughs> that's a very touchy subject, just like it is with me and, and drugs, man. My heart is in this thing, man, and I'm angry. Uh, I'm angry at, at what they do. I see it every day, and well, you can you stop know it. What I'm, you know what I'm angry at? I'm angry where this country is going. I don't like it a bit. And one another thing I, I don't like that has angered me, DGRB, shortages is. Shortages that America didn't used to be the land of shortages. Well... Sometimes I wish I could go back in time and you go know. back to the fifties. I, I would I would love really to go did. back to the nineteen fifties. I had dreams of going back to the fifties and being a disc jockey and just living in the fifties. You know you what? Still you had... I tell you what, you go to the fifties, I'll take my time machine and go to the eighties. We go. still had but see, my mind immediately goes to that's when the the rich housewives were there on methadone and heroin still, you know, we don't tell them they don't tell about all that. But we already had a drug problem at that time, but it was only the rich white people, so it wasn't a problem. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. the reality of it, man. Um, you know, it, and then then the whole idea was it was only in the black neighborhoods and Mexican neighborhoods, and it took a white rich kid dying before they did anything about it. What about this poor white kid? Why didn't you give a fuck about me? You know what I mean? Uh, and that's the reality of it, uh, and that's just how it is, man. 
the, rea uh, the reality of the world, nobody cares about no one. And did it go, didn't drugs go around like in Motown and all that too? Yeah, well, I mean, heroin really got big. There's a, Denzel Washington does a movie about it. That movie he does is, is a true story. You know, it's yeah. Vietnam. Vietnam, it really got bad. Our soldiers went over and got so addicted to opium and stuff. They were smoking that opium, and then it turned into heroin, and then they started bringing all that heroin in here. And it, the Bronx, New York, man, um, it really went bad. And um, What movie was that? American Gangster, Denzel Washington. It's yeah. actually a good movie. It's got Russell Crowe in it, Denzel Washington, uh, some mm -hmm. other people. It's, it's a really good movie, really, if you watch it. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it, and I heard of that one, and I have seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 true. No one cares about yeah. no one. I just saw a video a while ago, man. You know, and I, I see people, and it's it's bad, man. But when you more people are starting to care now, but when you're a drug addict, everybody just looks like, oh, well, you chose that. I promise you, right now, I did not choose it. Uh, you know, I chose to take my life back, and I chose to be, and I choose to be sober every day. Um, yeah. And so. Um, and that's and that's what you know that's what i do but I, i'm passionate about it and i think that's why my show is catching on like it is because people hear that man i really care and i'm really trying to do something i want to go to the capitals yeah. i want to go i want to go and scream as loud as i can because i want people to understand man this is not a freaking game you no, know you think <laughs> you know it's it affects everybody now everybody's affected by it now there's nobody yeah. that's not affected by it because everybody wants to escape and now every now we're raising the kids to think that they they have all these different problems that they don't freaking have. And so what are they going to do? They're going to run to dope. And there your kid's going to be dead. You better wake up and, and think the, about and it. The, the addiction does start, you know, other family members, older family members, parents. Yep. You yeah. know, we grew up, our parents smoked. My mother did, my father did, then my sister did. So what did I do when I got older? I was buying a pack of cigarettes. That's right. All right, everybody, man. I want to thank everybody. Uh, thank you, Nick, buddy. You're always here. Thank you, Black Dragon. You always come by when you can. Uh, yes, GGRB, thank it's you. It's a pleasure being on your show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bobby. OJ, TikTok, or Tick Radio. Excuse me, not TikTok. Excuse me, I'm sorry for that. Um, I thank everybody, man. Like I said, from day one, everybody's been on it, has supported me. But again, it's only one reason why I'm here, and that's God. Okay, you know, that's the most important fact of it all. God and Jesus Amen. Christ. That's what saved me. You know, I do work a program, but without God and Jesus Christ, what none of it matter um Amen. he's what wakes me up every morning and lets me go to sleep at night and blesses Amen. my life unbelievably that i don't deserve i get more grace than than i deserve and that's for sure and uh, i'll keep doing the right thing and he'll keep on clicking me right on along and if y'all want to know how it works get you a little bit of god man he'll take you a long way uh, yeah all right man i truly love everybody and if you're listening on the other end of this thing and you need some help dane gentry podcast at gmail.com Send me an email. I'll do my best to reach out to you as soon as I can and lead you in the right direction. Just grab onto my shirt tail, man, and follow me. I'll show you the way. Everybody have a good night, and I'll see y'all next time. See you, Nick. Thank you, buddy. See you later, dude. All right, man. See you. Good night.